Well, hello and welcome to the Buer Media Podcast. This would be number eight. The Parliament of Hell is now in session. Garfield, my dude, welcome. Hee yee hee yee, Madigan. Yes, indeed. Episode number eight. Well done. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you. And to everyone who so far has been checking us out on YouTube, man, we really do appreciate that. The numbers, we are, we're just, you know, steadily climbing but we'd love to climb a little bit higher. So anything that tickles your fancy in this podcast, especially if you're watching it on YouTube, uh, if you're game enough to share it out, goddamn, we would love that. That would be awesome. Yeah, share us around. Now, um, uh, first of all, Garfield, happy International Women's Day for starters. Thank you. Or it's now known as International Grift Day. I don't know if you've been keeping an eye on anything, but goddamn, everyone is getting in on that act, aren't they? What's been happening? I've not been paying any attention to the news. What's been going on? No, no, no. I just, I notice of all things, you know, um, pizza, not Pizza Hut, what are they called? Domino's Pizza is like going, happy International Women's Day. Have a pizza party and order some pizzas. So everyone's in on it, basically doing their best to get amongst it. You know what? You're right. My Facebook has been inundated with messages of like, go for a romantic weekend away with just the girls. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a boy, but I mean... Good for you. Go away. I'm. I'm not like seriously. Go away. Yeah. But yeah, fine. I mean, it's that's why I said you know one of the international grift days because the other international. Well, it's not an international. This is a more localized, a national grift day for Australia. Over the weekend, we had Mardi Gras, or as I now like to call it, <laughs> White Girl Cultural Appropriation Day. Oh, <laughs> seriously. Go through Ouch. your go through your straight white girl friends' Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds and all that, and watch them appropriating that culture. But that's okay to appropriate, isn't it? You're definitely allowed to appropriate that culture. No worries. Ooh. But oh, hang on a minute. You're an ally. I've got it. Whoa. Sweet, sweet, whoa, sweet. Whoa, whoa, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm totally fine with all of this ally stuff because it's hot young women in skimpy clothing. All right. If this is the International Day of Grift, this is the one I want to keep. <laughs> All right. We we can have National Grift Day, which was uh, over the weekend, Mardi Gras, and then we have International Grift Day, which was happening uh, Actually, today. Actually, it would be great if we had a genuine like International Day of Grift where we just like <laughs> just praised all the international grifters. Like, he, hey, hello, Mr. Ponzi, who came up with the Ponzi scheme. <laughs> this is the day for you. Would you like to send old people a dollar and ask them to send $2? the next person because that's how you'll get rich because that's how you'll make money that's basically how a ponzi scheme works yeah. why don't they get a day why don't we have an in- oh, you know what we should start a petition Inter- the international day of grift international grift day yes you know <laughs> then everything can be just put into one special day and it, you know everyone will be happy then yeah, everyone Valentine's gets their own day, uh, mother's day father's day i'll oh, just throw them all in and just call them grift day <laughs> okay these are those two things that we you know we didn't want to talk about so the things that we do want to talk about on <laughs> on this podcast today uh, uh there's a thing now in australia called rexit um garfield we've started our new this week in which i know yes you're excited I'm about i'm very excited about that i'm very excited about it uh we're going to get – I might be upset by topic number four, that Australia sucks according to tourists. Well, they can go away. I'm going to go through that with you, but I, I think they actually have a couple of valid points, so keep listening to that, particularly if you're Australian or if you're thinking of coming to Australia, you know, the unspecified virus notwithstanding. Yes. And um, something has boiled my blood that just popped up today, and I think it's on the heels of International Grift Day as well. 
Um, but oh, geez, God. shall you, we get started into off very angry? Like all of your topics here are just on point for anger. No, I can see this the... becoming, it's going to go downhill very quickly. Except for the last topic that I've got just for you that I, that's there to actually make you very happy, but I'm sure yeah, it'll well, make well, others happy. Hang on, wait, did you add a sixth topic? I did. I, that wasn't on the rundown. It wasn't, but it's going to be really quick. It'll make you happy. And I'm sure it's going to make a lot of other people happy as well. <laughs> okay. Yes. I, I look forward to it with, you know. Bated breath and a little bit of anticipation. All right, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. All righty, so what are we going to hit up first? Over so to you. This is what I, I was looking at a couple of stories going around the world over the last 12 months, actually. So ever since COVID began, there was initially this big surge of people saying, oh, you know what's going to happen? Lockdowns are going to lead to people you know, getting intimate together because no one's got anything else to do. Yep. And we'll have a baby boom. Mm-hmm. So that baby boom was supposed to come in around about December. But what we've actually seen across the Western world, I don't know about the rest of the world, but certainly in the Western world, is a sharp decrease in the amount of births Okay. over the last year. So basically, even with the lockdowns happening, even with everything that's been going on in society people are not settling down and having kids and i find that genuinely fascinating should we go through now, a couple of the articles you and i yeah I, we've got some articles about this so for example it's been happening there's an article here from the uk here we go birth rate will drop um okay so that was one of the hypotheticals about it right there from the daily mail i want to come back to that one okay but there's another one here i think from the bbc have we got yep. that one there so there's one from the BBC. It just says fertility rate at a jaw-dropping global crash in children being born. Okay. Jaw-dropping lowering of the rate. So I think that was from October. Then we can move on to um, CBS, I think it was. Yep, CBS. Yep. So experts sound the alarm on declining birth rates among young generations, and in brackets, it's a crisis. Okay. So apparently in that article, they're even saying Japan and Spain are going to halve their overall populations by 2100 right that's mental we've also got one here from australia this is from brisbane saying calls for the baby bonus to be brought back in in queensland to try and up the birth rate amongst people for those of you who live overseas there was a thing here called the baby bonus so if you had a kid in australia the government would pay you for the privilege of you having a child which i always thought was yeah it was back in the very very early 2000s and i think the government Mm. just said had a baby here's 800 bucks which promptly was amazing for places like um jb hi-fi the good guys and <laughs> bing lee yeah. and harvey norman yeah. or big electrical retail retailers I, I don't know what an equivalent would be uh, over in the states walmart yeah walmart, walmart maybe yeah something yeah. like that uh yeah everyone yeah. just went out and bought tvs because it was you know the you know the boom of the cheaper plasma tv era as well anyway that's yeah, off have that's... another kid to be- buy another tv it was a very strange time in australia but yeah. anyway i want to go back to some of these hypotheticals because madigan yes what do you think is happening because i know it's not just a covid thing the the birth rate amongst western society has been dropping for a very very long time and i was actually one of the people that was on board with this idea of well you know in lockdown a lot of these married people, and some of these people have been my personal friends, mm-hmm. have gotten pregnant during lockdown. Right. So they're either about to or they have just had children. So from my personal experience, I thought, oh, anecdotally, 
this evidence seems like it could be going somewhere. Maybe we're going to have a little mini boom of kids. But apparently it's dropped anywhere between 7 and 9%, depending on where you are in the world during lockdowns. Right. So what do you think? Uh, I don't think COVID has anything to do with um, what's been going on at okay. all. Uh, because a year, a year is way too quick, way too quick uh, in order to have uh, birth rates suddenly decline that much. I don't think uh, not even a year would have anything to do with it. Well, see, you could have the inverse. It could skyrocket quite a bit because, for example, when people came home from World War Two, correct? You know, the the boom, the boom generation boomer. is literally the baby boomers because they came home. You know, there was a shortage of men basically yep. for the amount of women, and all of a sudden. There are a lot of people having kids. Like it happened. So you can have the inverse of that. But the negative of this is the slow declining rate of children being born. Okay. So what is your theory on that? In, in like an overarching level, not just during, you know. An overarching uh, message that I think is what the cause of this is basically for the last two decades, maybe even more, because I think that's how long it's going to take, uh, women have ultimately been lied to and brainwashed into seeing having a family and having a children is akin to destroying their lives. Having a children, by the way, having a children, uh, having a child um, (laughs) is akin to basically destroying their lives. And the thing that they should be focusing on uh, is pursuing a career. Uh, Hmm. Now, both of those things can be true at once, but I think what's being told to them is no, 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 only one of those things can be true. And that thing is you must have a career. You, you don't need both, a family. But it's, you can definitely have both, but it's probably hard to be happy doing both. Right. Particularly if your husband or your partner in that case, I don't actually care what you know gender your partner is. But if both of you are working and you've got kids it's probably going to be harder to want to have kids earlier, for example. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty fair. There's nothing controversial about that. A lot of people want to try and get a house or, you know, build their career before they have kids. And that's totally fine. That is your choice. Yep. Here's where I've got a problem with that. Shoot. If you turn, for example, 40 years of age. Yes. And then you turn around and start bitching about how no one wants to have a kid with you. Well, guess what? That's kind of biology. I mean, <laughs> if you've run out of, you know, possible suitors, it's kind of on you. Well, uh, like it, you can't turn around and just moan about it because you spent 20 years focusing on a career. That's your prerogative. And I'm happy for you to do so and more power to you. If you're a man, woman, anything else in between on any spectrum that you want to bring up, if you want to focus on your career and only your career, you can't turn around 20 years later and go, you know what? Now I want something that I haven't wanted before because the amount of possible people that you could do that with has vastly decreased the point of almost silliness. You just won't find them in that kind of range anymore. I mean, I'm getting older now mm-hmm. and I think of even trying to date a girl who's 30 and I will reject it outright <laughs> because no, no, I, I will because I know I can date 25 year olds. Right. True. Why would I even bother dating a 30-year-old who's, you know, already going to start asking about kids and asking about things that I don't necessarily care about at the moment when I can date viable 25-year-olds? Right. And there's more of them. 
and they're less picky. And you know what? I'm going to say this because, frankly, I don't care. I can't think of a single man I've ever met, ladies, just so you know. And maybe this doesn't come into your thinking, and that's fine. I've never met a single male who has ever thought about a woman's career, ever. Like, I can't think of a single male who's come up to me and said, like, hey, you know, uh, my girlfriend over there, she's a butcher, or she's a doctor, or she's a lawyer. It never happens in conversation amongst men. You know why? Because men don't care what women do in their professional lives. It's it's no, it's of no interest to them whatsoever for the most part. But that's not to they say, if I might interject, that that's not to say yeah. that if your partner uh, did have a really good job, that you would not be proud of the job that Absolutely they do. Absolutely not. Kudos to them. They can do whatever they want to do. It's just but not I'm a saying topic I, I, of conversation. But I have no personal interest in it. I have absolutely no personal stake in it whatsoever. I, I don't care if they're unemployed, if they're a CEO of a company, it just doesn't bother me at all. Okay. Like I might be proud of them. I might be happy for them. But in terms of finding a partner, it's literally a zero out of a hundred on a scale. Like it doesn't, it doesn't give me any connection whatsoever. It might give me an idea of what you're like as a person, but you know, I can do that by talking to you yeah. and not worried about what your profession is. I see. I kind of do care that if they don't have <laughs> a job, and yeah, I don't, I don't care. You I don't? don't care. Nah, really? Don't care. Because yeah, I have really. been in a long-term relationship with somebody who decided not to have a job, uh, much to my chagrin, and chose not to. Uh, how do I put this? Take care yes, of the I, I the the house whilst I was mm. working, and expected me to. So there was no. You know, there was no two-way street. I would come there home. There was no reciprocation there. Yes, and the place would mm. be a dump. So that part I did care about. It's like, you know, you, you could help us out here a little bit. I understand where you're coming from. Right. To be fair, you and particularly then, you and I are in very different financial situations. That is true. So when I, when I say I don't care, it's because nothing is going to bother me in terms of finances. Right. So like it's just, it's not something that, that falls into my mind. So ergo, I might be the outlier here. Right. But I'm just saying even amongst groups of friends that I've had when I was dirt poor or when I was incredibly wealthy, it doesn't matter which spectrum I was on, no one's ever walked up to me and said, oh, dude, my new girlfriend does X. Yeah, that doesn't... It, I, look, I 100% agree with you there that that sort of thing does not actually happen amongst uh blokes that i'm aware of you know with my lived experience and speaking of lived experience i want to I, I want to sort of try and go back to the overarching you know philosophy behind why this is see mm. i think at the moment there is a lot of uh women who are entering um who are basically the you know the hard targets of that brainwashing propaganda of you don't need a family who are now entering, entering in the end of their biological clocks. Right. Just say, say what it is. Yeah. So I've actually recently went out on a date with a girl who was getting towards that era. Oh, really? Right. Okay. How did it go? So on the second day we started, you know, she sort of started telling me that, you know, a family is her thing. And I'm like, oh, man, you know what? She, she showed great restraint. Date number two. Yeah, true. Oh, uh, yeah. It, it, it was sort of flagged in the uh, in the texting prior to the dates, but the the actual conversation <laughs> did come up on the second date. So, um, basically, 
you know, the position I'm in is like, uh, for me, it's it's a no. I'm sorry, but that's just where I am. And, you know, she's... So you don't want to have children? No. So then she started to sort of tell me that, you know, it's so difficult to find, you know, a guy, especially at my age, uh, that being her age, that wants that wants to start a family. And I said, well, I'm, look, I'm really, really sorry, but uh, something you need to sort of be aware of is that you that you were lied to this entire time. Um, you should have done it at a younger age. She was if not happy about that. But that's the thing. She, you know, she, uh, she didn't solely focus. I think it was always in the back of her mind that she wanted, you know, a family. But she focused uh, first and foremost on the career. And that, even then, right, it shouldn't be that hard for her to find a man that wants to start a family. The problem then becomes you can't be that picky about it. Right. Yeah. Like you can't, find, if you're, for example, right, I'm not saying this person was or wasn't. I'm just going to choose an age and say 40. No. Because that's around the age of like when the biological clock really starts to ring a ding ding for a lot of women. Not all. I know I'm generalizing. My apologies. I think 40 but is they, the actual, the alarm bell is actually ringing. So she was a couple of years I mean, younger yeah. than that. So, you okay. know, it's like the doomsday clock. The the scientists yeah. keep moving it, you know, you know, one yeah. minute up. Yeah, one minute closer to midnight. Yeah. yeah. So let's, I'm going to pick on a 40-year-old here. It's a just a generic everyday 40-year-old who's, you know, never really had a long-term relationship where she's thought about family. She's now hit 40. The alarm clock's going off. She's always had a good job, right? Yeah. Now, for that for that woman, it should be relatively easy to find a man. It's, the I'm... reason it's not is because they still have expectations of what I like to call the reverse Disney princess model. <laughs> right. They still want something that they can look up to and be like, this is my man. This is the person that I want to have children with. But they're past that age. Yeah. They're not at Disney princess age. They're at evil stepmother age. You can't be that picky about the guy that you're going to pick at that point. Well, see, do you know what I mean? I like, do. If you're if you're already forty and you decide like you should be looking, if even if you've got a bad career, a good career, whatever, you can't be that picky in the dating world. You should just find someone with similar interests and hold on for dear life. Yeah, and look, yeah, you know, a part of me felt really bad for her because she got actually really upset by it, and I said, I mean. I asked her, I said, why are you upset at me? And she goes, because I don't want to actually, you know, hear it, basically, when I told her the, the truth, basically, yeah, uh, the truth in is my mind. Um, but, you know, because I laid it out so bluntly, I said, look, I'm really, really sorry, but, you know, uh, you were lied to, you were brainwashed. Um, there is a thing called biology. And in your early 20s and all that sort of stuff, it sounds fantastic. And the message that you've been hearing is amazing. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to have it all. I'm going to have money. And then when you've, yeah. you've hit where you are and then suddenly your body is screaming to procreate and mm -hmm. the best option now is for dudes probably 20 years older than you. If That's right. Yeah. Target a 60-year-old. Absolutely. Whereas That's where you should be heading. The, the, you know, there's been countless studies that have – uh, I don't know about countless. I've just made that up. But there's been a couple of studies that have come out about what men seek in a partner. And I think the overarching theme was no matter, well, not no matter the age, but between the ages of, you know, 20 and possibly uh, 50 and just a little bit above, the ideal age is somebody 25 years old. 
Yeah, it's sometimes it's younger depending on the age of the male. But yeah, yeah, the ideal age is around about twenty four to twenty five, because again, that's the age where you would like to find the ideal woman if you're looking to start a family. They're young enough that you can get to know them really well. If you get to know them over a few years, they're still well than young enough that you can have kids with them. They may or may not still want to have a career after having kids. Again, we live in the 21st century. You can have a career from home. If, you know, the pandemic's taught us anything, it's that you can have a full-time job from home. Yeah. You can still do whatever you want. There's nothing wrong with it. Like, you can do whatever and still have a family. It's fine. But the issue becomes the older you get, the less cachet you have. Because for, like men get more attractive as they get older. There's been countless studies of this. This one I will actually back up. There's been countless studies. Men get more attractive to women as they get older. And it's not because they become physically more attractive. Most of us become far less attractive physically. But what we do get more attractive is, is emotional openness. Mm-hmm. We become more secure in our lives. We become financially more supportive. And we're more willing to settle down with someone. Correct. Those are four things that women look for. Whereas for a man, we don't necessarily look for any of those things, really. No, we are, we are basic monkeys and what we're looking for is fertility. And there are things yeah. in, our, in our stupid male brains that, that look a woman up and down. And through you know, millions of years of evolution, it, it, it looks at pretty much two, <laughs> two areas on the woman and goes, that's... That's why you're fertile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also, I mean, it does go beyond that. But even then, if you pick a, a very attractive 35-year-old woman and a very attractive 25-year-old woman, and all I've got to go off at first is looks, guess which one I'm going to pick 100 times out of 100? <laughs> True. Like, no offense, I'm not saying this to offend any of you ladies. I'm just saying the biological fact is if I don't know you, I will always pick the younger person. And if you think as the older woman, you're like, but I'm more experienced, I'm more emotionally secure, I've got more money, I'm here to tell you, like, like a good percentage of guys just go, yeah, right, I don't care. Yeah. We just don't care. Like, it's not, it's not a thing that we look for. Like, it's connection's a thing we look for, sure. Like, you know, being able to connect with someone doesn't necessarily mean maturity. It doesn't necessarily mean having money. It doesn't necessarily mean having, you know, this crazy emotional intuition with your partner. Like half the guys I know are like, oh, what, you know, like I'll ask a question. Why did you get with your girlfriend in the first place? And they'll go, oh, she was hot and she liked watching footy. Yeah, fair enough. And I hear that and I go, that's, yeah, that's a 10 out of 10 reason. That's all you need at the start of it, and then you just see how it goes from there. And and look to compound onto this problem, the other thing I think it was Charlize Theron started finding yes, out. I was going to bring this point up, but I got sidetracked from it. No, so you go. No, what I was going to sort of uh, bring into this was that the ones that are heavily focused on their career are now finding that if that you know if they're trying to find a younger male partner, that those younger male partners don't have great jobs and you know mm. they they the women have better jobs and yep. if they were to take time off to go have a baby now then there's going to be you know uh, a significant cut in the income so that but even that, that younger male doesn't this, feel it, that it doesn't even it doesn't even matter what their career is at this stage this comes back to reverse disney princess levels because charlie's the runs a great example 
a very beautiful older woman with a kid who's come out publicly and said, you know, she had relationships in her early life, but never wanted to settle down and have a family. And now she's well into her forties. She's literally telling men like, step up. You have to step up and be with me. It's like, uh, no, sorry, actually I don't because it was your free choice to not do that when you were younger. And I completely support it. And now it's my free choice to tell you, well, you know what? You got old and I can find better. No offense. So happy International Women's Day, ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Went a little bit hard there. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I just wanted to read through a couple little points here in one of these studies that they're talking about. And this brings us back to what we were just saying. Yep. Uh, So one of the scientists is saying, in turn, the team suggests this trend uh, could lead to a large scale backslide towards traditional gender norms. So they're talking about lockdowns here okay, and good. the effect that lockdowns will have on future society. Uh, and then it says where women end up dependent on their men as breadwinners and related shift. And re- and that relates to shifts further into social conservatism. Okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Do you find that problematic? Uh, no, I don't necessarily find that problematic. Moment. Like, I, I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. No. And then it goes on to say, a consequence of the pandemic, therefore, could be a reduction in tolerance across across a range of issues. These issues could include less acceptance of non-monogamous mating arrangements, legal abortion, and rights for sexual minorities who violate traditional gender roles and are also stereotyped as promiscuous. Now, there's a reason for that if... You just talk about it in the realm of the birth rate is dropping. We need more children. Ergo, the people that are particularly not monogamous and not having kids will be frowned upon. That's just a social norm that will come into play. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it or right with it. I, you know, support your right to be as sexually promiscuous and not have children as much as you want. All I'm saying is, if you get to an age where you can't have kids, don't bitch and moan at me about it. It was your choice all along. No one forced you into your own lifestyles. So there's only one thing that does worry me about that is that uh, with incentivizing this, the possibility of more single parent households. Now, there's been study after study after study that shows two-parent households are what is best for children, a mother mm-hmm. and a father in the home. Um, the more single-parent households there are, the children tend to experience a, a little bit more trouble. Mm-hmm. So with just going, you know, here's a whole bunch of cash, go have babies, possibility yeah, of, of, you know, more and more kids... And you know, single parents just living off the government on welfare state, and that I'm not that cool with. No, I'm not cool with that either. So there, there has to be a balance there. I mean, so does it come back to not incentivize having babies? Does it come to incentivizing marriage? I don't have an answer for that, by the way. I'm throwing that out there as a pure hypothetical because I don't agree with my own assessment. But maybe it's something to discuss. What needs to win, and I know there is a massive war against it. It's uh, the nuclear family, the nuclear family needs to be romanticized again and encouraged. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I do agree with that. Even though it's not something that I personally would like to do, I do agree that it probably needs to come back into vogue. But see, for the betterment of societies, look, you and your 
how you want to live your life. Like you're you're in the minority of the minority of the minority, but mm. you know, for your average everyday uh, sort of family couple, mm-hmm. it's probably better that they do get back in and everyone go back under their nuclear family. And fuck, why can't I say that? And I almost said the swear <laughs> word as well. You know what I mean. Yeah, nuclear family. Yes. It's all right. We only had a discussion two weeks ago about nuclear power. I know, and, and I got through the entire thing. Then. But tonight I can't put those two words together. It's the nuclear family conundrum. Yes. There you go. Just play that in your head. I, there, there was something else interesting in one of those articles, which I now actually can't find on my phone, which is annoying me a lot. It's all right. But it was basically saying, look, what could happen here is a collapse back to a 1950s society where we have men as breadwinner only, women who stay at home and look after children, and the burden being placed on these women at the moment is far greater than it would have been, say, in the 50s, because it's so much harder to start a living nowadays. That was one of the points they made, where they were Mm. saying, for example, it was easy for boomers, it's really hard for millennials, and boomers come out and say, like, well, we have to go through our struggles as well, why don't you suck it up and deal with it? And... I have to say, some I somewhat agree with the boomers here. Like for every person that I hear who moans about how they can't buy an affluent house in, you know, the most expensive CBD suburb of your area, um, you don't have to to start a family. No. And also, you can work remotely now. It's encouraged. You can get a cool job and move to some either like suburban area or even semi-rural area. Still have a good job still have a family, still pay your mortgage, still have a happy life. It's that people want everything and refuse to sacrifice anything is one of the other problems with this. And that's both a male and female problem. Yeah, dude, I think uh, that I think basically nails it right there is that everyone wants everything right now. Um, Look, especially in, you know, a state like New South Wales and a state like, um, sorry, and the city of Sydney, um, there's constant articles in our local news here about how hard it is to buy into, um, you know, the city living in the suburbs and stuff like that, which, yeah, it is. It's damn expensive. But there you, are you a don't whole... Have to. It's, but it's, you don't have to... You know it's not compulsory, right? Yes. Like, I get that it's cool. It's not compulsory to have to live in a city. You can move anywhere you want. You can do anything you want. I know that it's like this big dream and that, you know, your grandparents did it. But guess what your grandparents are mostly doing now? Selling and moving to the country. If you want to have a family, why don't you move to the country with them where they're moving? You get a free babysitter. You probably get somewhere nice either in the bush or like looking coastally. You get a cheaper mortgage. You get to grow up happily with your family. And when you're older, you can still move back to the city if you want. Yeah, dude, uh, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I, I know that I can't solve the problem of birth rates, and I know it comes from a whole bunch of different things. I'm just going to leave it at this. Look, if you want to start a family, fantastic. Good for you. Start a family. If you don't want to start a family, that's okay. But if you get to an age where you can't start a family, don't start bollocking men your own age going, you have to step up and help me with this. It's none of my business. It was none of my business what you were doing when you were 20. Seriously, you could have done whatever you wanted when you were 20. You can have whatever career you want. You can do whatever you want in your life. It's none of my business. It's not my problem. I'm not going to judge you for it. So don't judge me when you're 40 and you can't have a kid and you really want one. 
your problem, not mine. You deal with it or shut up. Yeah, or I don't know, adopt a kid. Yeah, sure. That think, too. think of them like rescue dogs. Like people put more yeah, effort into rescue dogs than the you know the amount of kids out there who need you know uh, adopting or you know foster homes. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what? You've just reminded me. So I've got uh, a somewhat an acquaintance of mine. I'll put it that way. An acquaintance of mine adopted a child from Ukraine, mm-hmm. and this person who gave them the child was given a an insane amount of money. I think it cost $300,000 for the embryonic IVF Jeez. for her to hold the child and raise it. Like, well, not raise it, but, you know, bring it to full trimester. Gestated. Give birth to it and get yeah, gestation and give birth to it and give the child back. So overall, that process, including IVF and paying for her, that was $300,000. Now, aren't you treating the women of that country like just... Someone that's just there to pump out your children because you got too old for it, so you outsourced it. Happy yeah. International Women's Day, everyone. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, we're done. All righty, so moving on to the next topic, uh, something that I hadn't heard about until you sent me this and I haven't read through it, so hopefully you can talk me through it. What is a Rexit? So a Rexit, as far as I'm concerned, I only saw this this afternoon. I was very fascinated by it. Let me just bring it up here. So while you bring that up, Victorian MPs campaign for a new Australian state dubbed Rexit kicks off in Wodonga. For starters, I hate the whole exit um, thing. There's too many people using that that terminology. Brexit nailed it. Uh, But there's like Megxit, which was Meghan Markle, and there's, you know, Blexit, which is the black exit. There's just too many exits, okay? Come up with something new. There's there's Wexit, which was Western Australia getting rid of the rest of Australia. uh, Enough, enough. Uh, So so, in this case, sorry, you go, please. Okay, a campaign for Australia to have a new super state comprising of regional parts of Victoria and New South Wales will kick off this week. Liberal Democrats MP Tim Quilty, is it? First proposed the move dubbed Rexit, meaning a regional exit in his maiden speech to Parliament in 2018, where he called for country Victoria New South Wales to join forces and split from the capitals. Now, if I stop right there, I actually, I I do agree with that. I love this idea, but with a caveat, which I will get to as we keep going through this. So he he continues, the state parliamentary budget office then published the radical policy proposal in December of last year after Mr. Quilty requested independent advice about the economic character of a new state. So going through it, under the proposal, major Victorian regional uh, centres such as Ballarat, Bendigo, Mildura, uh, Wodonga. Wodonga and Shepparton. Uh, would inc- would be included in the new jurisdiction, along with New South Wales hubs such as Wagga Wagga, Albury, Orange, Bathurst, and Griffith. Now, I don't know if a lot of people know about the regional outskirts of particularly Victoria and New South Wales, but that is a monumental mass of land. That's well, so- probably, what, a third of Victoria and about... Well, yeah, about probably the same. About the New same for New South probably Wales. See, the thing is, you know... For our international listeners, you know, maps don't do Australia that much justice. It, it Australia always seems like a tiny little island down the bottom of you know the world. But you know, mm. as f- from east to west, it's it's almost as cl- it's almost 
about the same distance uh, from the east and west coast of the United States. You could pretty much, if you condensed America down into the shape of Australia, they'd pretty much fit into each other, give or take. Now, New South Wales and Victoria are two pretty damn big uh, spaces that take it up. And Sydney and Melbourne are very small cities in comparison to those states. and not just that, but we are like New South Wales and Victoria are teeny tiny compared to most of the other states in Australia. Yeah. And we still take up probably Victoria and, and New South Wales between us is probably as big as Texas, if not bigger. Right. To give you an idea of scope. Yes. So anyway, so this guy's proposed the idea of splitting off a regional uh, New South Wales and Victoria into its own kind of quasi state. Mainly because, well, not just because of this, but at the moment, because of the lockdown laws. So, for example, the Victorian Premier, Dan Andrews, has been locking down the entire state of Victoria, even though it's only the capital city of Melbourne, which has been in any trouble of, you know, any kind of viral spreading. So the rural areas have been getting quite upset about this, and rightfully so. Understand this idea has kind of come back up as a proposal. Yeah, so... um... So, so th- this is the reason why there is an electoral college in the United States. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it safeguards these little country areas and rural areas from the decisions that are made by highly populated city living areas. Now, what you've just said there, when, read, uh, when Victoria, the state, uh, capitals, uh, uh, God, what's his name, Daniel Andrews, decided mm-hmm. to shut down uh, the entire state. Abs- made absolutely no sense because the majority of the people infected were all in the city of Melbourne and the yeah, surrounding anywhere suburbs. anywhere between 90 and 99% of cases were only in the city itself of Melbourne and surrounding areas, whereas they were shutting down things in regional Victoria, but, which are quite literally hundreds of thousands, well, hundreds and hundreds of kilometres, not hundreds and thousands. That's yeah. ridiculous. So but not that far away f- uh, from Victoria, uh, about about an hour and a half, maybe just a little bit longer is a place called Shepparton because you've got to drive through there basically uh, mm-hmm. on your way from New South Wales down to Victoria. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally out of the scope, uh, had no issues whatsoever, but yet they were locked down and their police were out patrolling, you know, pulling people... Uh, pulling people aside for for breaking COVID laws. And th- there was no issue. wear masks in restaurants and no one was there. No one was infecting anyone. Everyone was doing the right thing. Everyone was walking with ID, making sure you weren't from places like wherever the infection was in Melbourne. I don't know where it was. Let's say Fitzroy, just yeah. to pick a suburb or Richmond or wherever. You couldn't enter certain places. I mean, I went on holidays in regional New South Wales when there was one case of the virus where I was living and I couldn't even enter a restaurant in regional New South Wales because I was within the postcode. Yeah. So it's not like they weren't taking precautions against these things, but you didn't have to lock down entire areas, which New South Wales didn't. So I can take their point in this way. Anyway, let's go back to the original idea of Rexit. Okay. So would you support the idea of regional Victoria and New South Wales breaking away from their main states and just forming their own regional state in the kind of center southeast of Australia. Um, a part of me is going to lean towards yes straight okay. away, and it's purely off the back of what we saw happen uh, 
off COVID and especially the Victorian Premier, Daniel Andrews, and the powers. Like, he still declared the entire state in a state of uh, emergency. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a lunatic, yeah. So at this point, I'd have to look into it a little bit, you know, deeper as, as to what that would actually mean. But people living out in these areas shouldn't have to kowtow to these draconian laws because there's a problem a couple of hundred kilo- uh, kilometres away. Yep. Okay, you know what? I agree with your central point. Here's what I'm going to bring up. Sure. A far more, even more radical proposal. We abolish the entire level of state government in Australia. Ooh. Right? And we replace it with the amalgamation of local councils into huge regional areas. And instead of states, there are massive regional areas and a federal government. And there's no more states. You can still have state outlines. I mean, you can still say that you're from New South Wales and stuff. There will still be kind of like we're still a monarchy, right? I mean, we've still got the queen there, but she doesn't do anything. She's just someone that's the figurehead of the state. You can still have figureheads, which are the borders of the state from federation. But the state level, the entire governmental system of every state level of every state in Australia, gone, destroyed, you're done. We get rid of one entire level of bureaucracy, that entire level of government shattered, destroyed, and we replace it with the federal level, which we already have, and we increase the local levels to super regional levels, and they run the constituencies of that part of their country. So, for example, in Sydney, you might only, or Melbourne or Brisbane, you might only have a smaller regional style council or at least a more, like in terms of space, a smaller one, because the population density is so big. But in those regional areas, like from Bathurst to maybe not far down as Shepparton, but see Bathurst to Wodonga, let's say, for example, Mm. that might form one super council regional area. And that's in charge of the area. And instead of the states getting paid for the hospital system, for all that kind of stuff, you amalgamate that, the state system, into that regional system and the local stuff, like getting rid of garbage and all of those things. You you incorporate policing into those regional sectors of government so you can help policing better either in regional areas or in city areas where policing is incredibly different and you don't have to worry about the states overrunning things. Because one of the things that these people are complaining about, these Rexit people, is that the regional areas are being ignored by larger cities. And you know what? By and large, they're correct. And it's a decent point. And a breakaway of that traditional system could be interesting. Yeah, look, it's... Everything that you just raised there, you know, it 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 does pique my interest. Uh, I, I I think I'd want to know exactly what the, the what the uh, the federal government you know controls because at the moment, if we live in you know where we live in our st- different state governments, if the state government just goes to you know what, then we have the exit, uh, you know, the the choice of getting out because of the choices that they've mm-hmm. made with hospitals. Well, you could still and, move between regional sectors. If yeah, you yeah, I know, but the, that's why I want to know what exactly the the federal government so what would, would you be overarching. Um, like, what do you think? What do you think that that federal should still be in charge of, or do you think some of the things that it, state are in charge of should be bumped up or bumped down to what would now be a huge regional sectors? Yeah, that's... for example, I wouldn't take away. 
you know, um, military from the federal sector. Correct. That's always going to be fed. That's fine. Um, you know, the policing one, that's an interesting one. Um, well, you'd still need an AFP so you couldn't move between regional areas and just get away with crime. Correct. In the same way, for example, that you shouldn't be able to cross the Northern Territory border into the Queensland border and just go, ha ha, I got away with murder and run away. You yeah. Know? I mean, there's always going to be a national task force to, you know, try and take those people down. So that's fair enough. There has to be a level of overarching support from the federal government, but regional policing should be more important. I mean, if you even wanted to bring that back to a BLM issue, then in the cities, you could have policing that matters more to them. And in regional areas, you can have policing that matters more to the regional areas. Yeah. And see, there's there's actually a, another conversation for a little bit later on, but uh, Australia has adopted the, you know, especially in the major metropolitan areas like Melbourne, city uh, have adopted the defund the police um mantra i guess you could call it um because they're under the impression that uh you know all cops are bad and racist and all this sort of stuff whereas in our regional areas the thing that they actually need the most is actually more cops Hmm. but they need them for very specific things but we're we're getting bogged down here in the minutia of it i get that i know I, i like the idea of kind of breaking away from this state structure not that there's anything wrong with the states i mean i thought the first thing you were going to say to me was this is a terrible idea because we lose state of origin <laughs> that has to stay damn it that <laughs> well, has I get to it. stay like, that can stay but i'm just saying like that can be again that could be the monarchy that's like the queen can still be in charge of that stuff yes. but the state borders are all kind of higgledy piggledy yeah look uh, look you know, all jokes aside, it's a very, very interesting idea. I think um, those regional areas should not have to, you know, be put under the boot of what these, you know, highly densely populated city areas think they should be doing. It's just they're completely different worlds. Yeah, and, and they need a little bit more. Um, they need they need a little bit more freedom to themselves. Yeah. And, and think of it also from a federal level where you've had a lot of elections recently go uh, in certain ways because of regional politics, because they feel underrepresented. Mm. This would take away some of that from these people that feel underrepresented. Like they feel like they can't govern themselves properly because all the mandates and proclamations only come from really dense, rich parts of cities. And that doesn't work in regional places most of the time. Not that sometimes it obviously can, but most of the time it doesn't quite mesh with their lifestyle. But if you could give them that autonomy in regional politics, it might alleviate that on a federal level and you might actually get us all getting a little bit closer together again. Yeah, and what it actually does as well on the topic that we were talking about before this it actually then incentivizes people to move out to these regional areas. Yeah, correct. I really like it as an idea. Yeah. And you know what? To be brutally honest, at the end of the day, it gets rid of an entire level of bureaucracy. Yeah, which is always Any good. way you look at it, that's a huge win. True. Uh, very interesting one. Let us know in the comments below, should we or shouldn't we, depending on where you're located. Uh, Thank we... you. And if you're from the United States of America, by the way, I know it's a very different system over there. I wouldn't try to abolish your states. I know we've got some US listeners who'd be listening to that going, 
this guy's crazy. I, I get it. The America is a very different place to Australia. We had federation in only in 1901. Our states are not the same as your states. We don't have the same kind of states' rights. Yeah. We already have an overarching federal rights system, and I wouldn't want to touch anything that happens in America in the same way I'm talking about here, just to clarify to our American listeners before someone rips my guts out. Yes, plus the, uh, the difference in population is massive. Yes, absolutely. Yes, huge. Very, very different. Anyway, are we done? We're done. All right, I've been looking forward to this one. Uh, if we were a bigger, bigger, bigger channel, we could have even got a uh, what a jingle made, but we're not that big at the moment. We're actually quite tiny. That's why we need you to um, subscribe is all I'm saying. Yeah, and like us. Give us likes. I likely it says on the screen. Give us likes if you're watching. Give us likes. And comment. Uh, but this week in Cancelled. See, that would sound so much better with a professional voiceover and maybe somebody who could make it into a jingle. Shall I do it in 50 style for us? Yeah, go for it. Okay. This week in Cancelled. <laughs> eh, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, how about, okay, how about in movie guy voice? <laughs> all right. All right. This week in cancelled. You just sound like a smoker. <laughs> That's how he sounds, though, when he talks. He sounds like this. Okay. In the world, etc. Okay, so this week in cancelled, what have we got? So basically what this is, um, there is just so much cancelling that's going on. Everyone's getting cancelled. Or, or, or attempted cancelling. Or attempted cancelling. Gina Carano was cancelled and then other people are getting cancelled. So why not try and to just quickly go through all the attempts yeah. of cancellation? Uh, it's and a cancel-a-thon. It is a cancel-a-thon. This one it's I like find... It's like a marathon, but for cancelling. It's interesting that it, it's actually Taylor Swift who's trying to do the cancelling of, of Netflix. <laughs> I love this story because it was also two female writers that she tried to cancel. So, uh, well done. International Women's Week. Well so done, Tay-Tay. This is what Taylor Swift tweeted. Hey, Ginny and Georgia, 2010 called, and it was it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horse S as funny? Also, Netflix, after Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Heartbreak emoji. Happy Women's History Mo History Month. All right. Wow. There you go. Okay. She's so they've got it. a month now. Um, yep. So for starters, uh, the part that she's trying to cancel Netflix, I don't really care that much about because I cancelled my Netflix after they went pro pedo. But here's a part where I'm I'm a Over little the movie cuties. I'm assuming. Yes. Where I'm yep. a little bit confused. So she and her ilk want the idea that women can be with and sleep with as many people as they possibly can. Mm. Well, if that's the case, yeah. then we should be able to joke about it. Yeah, correct. So if, if they're but saying... They consider, but they consider that for some reason slut-shaming if you joke about it. They're just allowed to do it. You're just not allowed to talk about it. So the joke was something along the lines of you go through men faster than Taylor Swift. So That's pretty much the joke, yeah. Is that a bad thing, Taylor? I don't get it. Because if, if being able to sleep with as many men as you want is empowering, then maybe that's an empowering message. I don't understand the rules. Well, I don't even understand the term slut-shaming, right? Because I don't think you're a slut if you, sh if you sleep with people. And if I make a joke about it at your expense, any shame you feel is on you. Right. So how am I slut-shaming you? If you're the one that feels shame from me bringing it up, 
which I think is totally fine because you're allowed to do it. And so it's kind of it's an it's the oxymoron of terms. But here's here's the other thing that's in her look. Uh, tweet. I'm. I can only make the assumption. Also, Netflix. After Miss Americana, this outfit doesn't look cute on you. Heart. Okay. So is she shaming them for their outfits? I. I don't. Maybe. I don't understand. So, you just told them off for doing something that was degrading. Yet you're degrading them at the same time. But it's not degrading if you do sleep with a lot of men. It's actually empowering. So, but therefore, them calling you out for it is degrading. I'm so confused. I don't understand the rules, Taylor. Also, her joke there at the start, what did she say right at the start of that? Hey, Ginny in Georgia, 2010 called and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. <laughs> yeah, but okay, Taylor, guess what? The idiot store called and they're all out of you. <laughs> like, that's how bad that reference is. Well like, done, George. Come on, Taylor. Yeah, like that. But what a ridiculous thing to say. Mind you, to be fair, I'm not a Tay girl. I'm more of a Katy Perry girl, so maybe I'm a little bit biased. Oh, geez, when I tag Taylor in this, we might get all of her Taylor Swift stands coming after us. Oh, do you do you think we'd get the squad to come in and just uh, be hateful of us? Swifties or whatever they call themselves. I don't care. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, who else got cancelled or attempted cancelled this week? Well, this one I'm surprised took this long. Uh, Eminem, uh, apparently right? Gen Z have been trying to cancel him, so... Uh, they came for our skinny jeans, then they came for our side parts, but when Gen Z TikTok users came for Eminem, it was the last straw for both millennials and the rap god himself. In case you missed it, Gen Z, also known as Zoomers, attempted to cancel the 48-year-old Eminem because of his past lyrics, while seemingly being unaware of the hip-hop icon's past savagery, as well as the fact that the rapper thrives on stirring the pot. That is a true statement. More specifically, they took issue with these... 2010 banger, Love the Way You Lie, the song he did with Rihanna over the lyrics, if she ever tries to effing leave again, I'm a tire to the bed and set this house on fire. So basically... But the whole point of that lyric, by the way, is he's the bad guy in that song. Yeah, but that doesn't matter, dude. Context oh, never matters for these people. Context never matters. You're right. Uh, I mean, but geez, he's he's drawn, dropped F-bombs, and I don't mean the F... Uh, uh, for, I mean the F bomb. I know the as other. In, I know the other F that you mean. Yeah, the bundle of yeah. sticks. F-bomb. It, it reminds with maggots. Yes, yeah. the bundle of sticks. F bomb. He's he's dropped that many a times. And look, I have no issue with it. That's you know his. That's what freedom of speech is. Um, so they they're saying that this glorified toxic relationships and violence against women. Oh they clearly didn't do the research to see that Megan Fox, who appeared in the music video for the song, donated her appearance fee to a woman. Shit. Good for her. Who cares? Rihanna told uh, Access Hollywood at the time the song's release, these lyrics were so deep, so beautiful and intense. It's something that I understood, something I connected with. I bet you did. Um, (laughs) For his part, Eminem also said at the time that he felt it was an issue that needed to be addressed. Yes, that's how he... That was the point of the song. Yep, that's the whole point of it. See, this oh. is the thing with this people is, in no, cancel. Go for it. No, no, seriously, this would be like taking the song War, What Is It Good For? Absolutely Nothing, and just leaving it as War, and the Zoomers go, well, we've got to cancel that because yeah. they mentioned War in the song. Context matters, you... Yeah, but see, mm. somebody, like th- this all goes under the, the guise of International Grift Day. These people are just... <laughs> but their grift is not money in this sense it's just about attention it's like look what yeah, i did i managed yeah. to get something cancelled so eminem uh, has been attempted to be cancelled there uh moving on to the next one bill burr mm. uh fantastic comedian go away new york post very uh, funny 
he might actually now be probably my favorite comedian going around. I've just really? been watching, you know, little bits and snippets of his of his stand up and God damn, they're making me laugh out loud. Actually I, I, laugh out loud. I still don't think he's as good as, say, a Bill Hicks, but in no, terms of the modern no, no, spectrum, no. he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically what was going on, Bill Burr, who also starred in uh, The Mandalorian, he had, Mandalorian. A, he had a small bit part, right? Yeah, yeah, he was in a couple of episodes, yeah. Um, he was on a podcast with a bunch of dudes. Um, God, I can't remember the name of the podcast and I – don't know if it's in here anywhere, which I can see. Hang on, so are they trying to cancel him by proxy because he stood up for Gina Carano? Is that right? What's so basically, he what he was doing, he was on a podcast, which the name I can't find here in the article. I'm, I probably went straight over it. Uh, but basically, the the two hosts asked him about Gina, and all he said was, "She was an absolute sweet sweetheart." That's what he said, and that's you what's got their uh, got the crosshairs trained on to him. Is because he said she was a sweetheart. Well, is that because it's a sexist comment to call a woman no, a sweetheart? No, 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 because he's, he was saying that Gina Carano isn't an evil person um, for the reason that they deemed her to be evil for saying that, you know, Republicans were like Jews, which he never actually did. Well, did he get cancelled? No, I no, 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 but they've, they've now got their, their crosshairs on him. And he even, even uh, sort of acknowledged it. He goes, I'm on that effing show. Now I've got to watch what the F I say. They won't get Bill Burr. Yeah, I mean, he, his stand-up will, you know, he might lose. Yeah. I mean, if anything, they'll probably get his Disney, you know. Um, yeah, but he'll still bounce back with a stand-up special and he'll make all the money from yeah. it. And That's the yeah, only good right. thing about Netflix, other than being pro-pedo, is they do pretty well <laughs> for, um, uh, you know, supporting uh, yeah. those great comedians. Yes, okay. And is there anyone else on This Week in Cancelled? Uh, one last one. <laughs> okay, do show. Um, so I don't know if anyone's actually seen the new Space Jam, but apparently the new Space Jam won't include Pepe Le Pew. Uh, oh. Pepe Le Pew won't be suiting up for the new Space Jam legacy, according to a new report from Deadline. This will start with some increased attention to the character from a New York Times op-ed. Well, it seems as though the skunk won't be in the movie anyway. So basically... You know, they've gone through and said, you know, yeah, Pepe's a little bit Andrew Cuomo. We might need to get rid of him. <laughs> well, the, but the whole thing about Pepe Le Pew is the joke was the intention was so unwarranted. Yeah. Like he was a, he was supposed to be a creep. Like he was supposed to be this creepy character who you weren't supposed to like. You were supposed to sympathize with. I don't actually know the name of the other character. If the cat that always got the stripe on its back was ever given a name, think, but, I don't think she ever got a name. Well, she didn't talk either. She just squirmed and ran away. Yeah, which was kind of a great allegory for why he was such a terrible human being. Yeah. Um, so he's cancelled. So Pepe got cancelled. Yeah. So <laughs> Grace Santo oh, from Jane and you. Yes. Um, so they're saying that he's out of the script. However. Jumping over to IMDb, uh, Eric Bowser, 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 sure, uh, is voicing Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Marvin the Martian, Tweety, and Pepe Le Pew. So oh. maybe he just has a really, really, really brief cameo, or maybe they're just giving Eric, Mister Bowser, um, his credits on what he can do. You know, they've just yeah, pulled it straight off his, you know, off his IMDb profile that that's what he does. Yeah, 
and Pepe Le Pew's not actually in there. Well, if they cancel the voice actor just because he played one character, then we've got serious problems. Nah, he, he'll be fine. No, no, the character's gone. Oh, that reminds me. Now that I'm looking at this, uh, oh, it's, okay. oh, it's not a part of This Week in Cancel. But uh, I'll have to bring it up another time. But it's funny that there is now two different opposing sides upset about Lola Bunny. You know, the, the hot bunny? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was a hot bunny in the first Space Jam, you know, with a really, really curvy figure. Now she's mm. like, she's almost got the Bugs Bunny type figure. <laughs> so, oh, she's become androgynous. So some people are like really upset that she's not the curvy hot bunny and then other people are upset that that took it too far. That like, that's not what we asked for. Oh. <laughs> you can't, you can never win. No. You can't just. Just, you know what, you're supposed to be creatives. Be creative and ignore what other people think. And if they don't like it, guess what? They don't have to like it. You, yeah. you never saw, like, Francis Ford Coppola come out and go, okay, I'll make The Godfather more Italian. Because, actually, no, that's not true because the mafia did somewhat threaten him a little bit. But maybe that's a bad example. But you never saw Steven Spielberg come out and say, look, I know the shark was rubber, but I didn't want to stick people in with a real shark. So if you didn't find it believable enough, I guess jog on. I mean, we can go through this entire um, casting here. Speedy Gonzalez, ooh, bit a uh, bit insensitive there. That needs yeah, to be cancelled. Wiley Coyote, not good, not a good look. Porky Pig, stutters, well, and you can't make fun of people with stutters. We found that out every time Joe Biden makes a gaffe that if you dare <laughs> point out that he makes a gaffe, oh, it's because he's got a stutter. Yeah. Well, no, to be fair, maybe Porky Pig's just got dementia. True. <laughs> True. Ah, <laughs> uh, that was this week in Cancelled. We'll have more next yeah. week, I I dare well, say. Uh, yeah, well, this segment's going to definitely recur because it's always on the cards. Are we done? We're done. All right, my dude, so, what have we got? Yeah, so I know this week has been a very Australian-centric podcast, but I did run across this story from news.com.au about things that immigrants and tourists dislike about Australia or its shortcomings, as the, uh, you know, as the title of the article says. And I just wanted to go through some of these shortcomings with you to see if you agree or disagree. Okay. All right. So one here is our barbecues. So apparently tourists don't like our barbecues. Okay. Why? So one said, this, this is a person from Brazil. Okay. Yep. They said, I quote, we do barbecues way better. Australians here who have uh, been to Brazil several times and can confirm that our barbecue over there is much better. Australia needs to admit that they have best barbecues. Best barbecues. Seriously, a sausage on a gas grill is not in the same league as South American and American low and slow and cooking with coal and wood. Now, sadly, they have a bit of a point. No, look, I actually 100% agree with them, but they're just two different things. You guys yeah, focus on different kinds of barbecue. Yeah, that's the thing. Like if you do it on um, coal and wood, yeah, of course it's going to taste different. And plus, you do your um, you do a whole bunch of chicken, and you you know put a whole bunch of different spices. Whereas Australia, yeah, we do it very simplistically. We are steaks and sausages and onions, and occasionally we'll throw a fish on there. And no, we don't throw shrimps on the barbie. That never happened. They're prawns. They're prawns. 
Also, I would love to see that survey done in Bunnings because we would genuinely start a war with Brazil over it. Yeah. I mean, people would be going to Bunnings and like making up their own weapons to go to war against them over that, you know, saying. Yeah. Outdoor kitchens are are a huge thing here in Australia at the moment. They're they're, they're, they're cool. I I like them. Anyway, the next point. So our internet is apparently not so good. It isn't. Uh, And I agree. Okay. You agree already. So, okay. We're both in agreement. Moving on. We have third world internet here. Oh, it's not third world. It's not world. third world, I know. It's second world. <laughs> <laughs> it's developing world. Yeah, but to be fair, we've got a lot of space for a small population. Yes. I actually have to give a little bit of credit here. There's only 25 million of us, and we're the size of America. Like, you're not going to get the same coverage. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. So, no, but I, I, I with your point generally. I don't know if it's about cover. I think it's more of a speed thing. Our speed here is horrible. There are places that have three, you know, a worse... Uh, you know, developing countries that have four to five times faster than what we get here maximum. Okay, so maybe they've got a point there. Next one. All right. Charging for condiments. Oh, my God, do I agree with these people wholeheartedly. But doesn't everyone do this? No, this is not. No, remember, like, when we went to America. Right. And there's just there's all the condiments on the table that you could ever imagine. There's ketchup, there's mustard, there's pepper, there's salt, there's um, Worcestershire sauce. There's, there was all there was salsa, like there were all kinds of things. You can ask for anything; they just bring it over to you and put it on your plate. Yeah, they did not charge you. I think for, for an Australian restaurant, that's not an issue. I think if you're at a restaurant, uh, restaurant, I'll put that in inverted commas, where if you wanted tomato sauce, they would just bring it to you. But if you're in a takeout type scenario, yeah, we are stingy. Our fish and chip shops will charge you. A dollar for a tiny, tiny little, you know, tablespoons worth of tartar sauce. That yeah, I do agree with. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Again, so they're three out of three so far. Well done to them. Three out of three. Here's where they start to fall apart. All right, here we the go. Supermarkets. Right. What's wrong with our supermarkets? They're supermarkets. The only thing that I will give American supermarkets over our supermarkets, even though they're usually right next door to each other, that they sell all their booze in their supermarkets. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, but we, we're that's next all. door now. It's like back in the day when you couldn't get booze at all there. Yeah. Most of our Woolies have their BWS right next to them and most Coles have their Liquorland right next to them. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's okay. Oh, now, hang on a minute. Things? Audi does sell booze. I will give yeah, Audi, Audi that. Does. That is true. Yeah, it's so weird German things- stuff, but, you know, whatever. I mean, the pretty good stuff. Anyway, uh, it says one of the quotes here, our supermarkets are a lot better than, this is someone from the UK, our supermarkets are a lot better than Coles and Woolworths and have a much wider variety of food. Sorry, how how much variety do you want? You're from the UK. You come from the country of the most bland food in the world and you're complaining about us. We've got some of the freshest produce and meats in the entire world. You guys used to import our meat and sit there going, Oh, the lamb today is very nice, darling. That came from us. What are you bitching about, UK people? Shut up, you also, whinges. Also, if this if this survey is done by the majority of UK, I'm not going to take it that seriously because the running gag here is whinging pom, and that's all they did, yeah. that they come here and they just whinge about everything that we've got. Yeah, but this is only one per. It's just one person's opinion. They've Fair just enough. picked it up for the survey, which I find quite funny. Apparently our television's terrible, and yes, correct. But also, if you're still watching terrestrial television, what's wrong with you? Yeah, um, terrestrial TV is dying everywhere. So I don't know exactly. I mean, is, this, is this another UK person this time? One uh, user, it just says one user wrote. News and yeah, not so, real news. Well, that's everywhere. 
Just so, yeah, clips. the last person has a kind of point, like genuine question. Why on earth are Australian television ads so terrible? Well, have you ever been to regional America? They're much, much worse, I've got to tell you. Yeah. Someone replied to say, Australia is really bad at creative content, but Australian reality TV is par excellence. In French, I put it in, but they didn't put it that way. We really are masterful at producing trash, which I probably agree with, but I don't care because I haven't watched any reality TV. So yeah, I don't know. either. I mean... I don't disagree with them on that point. Yeah, but also who cares? Yeah, exactly. It's it's I just don't care. You can you can watch anything. You've got streaming services. Who cares about terrestrial television? Idiots. Anyway, and our news is not next, real news, but yeah, all right, whatever. Okay, the next one, social progress. Oh, Here Christ. we go. Right? So someone said Canada had marriage equality ages ago. Returning land to First Nations was done decades before I was born. Marijuana legalized a few years back. Medical marijuana maybe 15 years ago. Separation of church and state. Actually, a pretty good point here. No religion in public schools going back to the 70s. It's tough watching the government fight kicking and screaming against social progress that the nation has already made, in capital letters from them. The marriage equality vote was a landslide. Some other user said, marriage um, equality being so fresh and the impact of religion and politics slash education here is dot, 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 very different. What in the blue are you talking about? We have pretty much all of those things. Yeah, and again. Just because we get them a little bit later doesn't mean we didn't get them. And again, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. None of, none of that I care about, I mean, to be honest. If, if if people want marijuana legalized here, I, I just don't care. Put it to a vote, and I don't care. You just pass it. I don't care. The The only thing that I care about is the separation of church and state, which is a fair point. Mm. But it's not exactly like they teach religion in public schools anymore, as far as I know. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm wrong. But as far as I was aware, they don't. So um, do one on that point. And the, and the same-sex marriage thing, I just uh, – look, it's it, – the one point I will give them, it should have actually been done a long time ago, and it was stupid, I think, to be put to a uh, the what was it put to again? Referendum. The referendum. I just yeah, binding referendum, but it was ridiculous. They sh- just should have passed it. You know what that was? That was the stupidity of the Malcolm Turnbull government. Yes, just trying to win brownie points and it backfiring on them monumentally because he was about as political savvy as a wet squib. Anyway, this point is absurd. Limited access to the countryside. What are you... The entire country is countryside. Like Sydney Harbour is just countryside with buildings. You're on top of a freaking harbour. You Mm. drive an hour outside of Sydney. You're in the regionals. You're literally country land. Literally an hour. Like, this is one of the most stupid... Australian national parks are awesome, but the network of footpaths across this countryside in the UK is great and make them more accessible. What the... the, the what? What do you mean? You can drive anywhere in Australia. It's all countryside. You're never not in the country if you're an hour out of any major city. You absolute nimrods. Moving on. I love this. Point. A British user bemoaned. Yeah, again... That's where the uh, joke comes from. If, if if it's that bad, then stay at home. Yeah, honestly. Then the next point, the healthcare system. Compared to what? The US? Like yeah. the, some of the points. I think the uh, insurance is better in Germany. All right. Fine. Go back to Germany. Don't care. Moving on. 
the way we treat the elderly. Okay, maybe. Now, but as someone that looked after my grandmother until her death and looked after for a long time, I call shenanigans on this. I think Australians are pretty good with their elderly overall. Would you agree or not? I think we do a, a pretty good job. I was shocked that so many people just bundled their parents off to an aged care facility. That happens all the time in a lot yeah, of different not, places. Yeah, not just here. But I will say, like, this point of, like, um, in Asia, the grandparents are treated with far more um, respect. But I see, will, that's I know a cultural a thing. It is a very much cultural thing. All right, here's their next point, because I'm just speeding through these. Interaction with Indigenous culture. Have you watched the start of any cricket game recently? Um, no, and... Rugby uh, league game, anything. Yeah, they, they, they dedicate an entire uh, round in yeah. rugby league for Indigenous culture. Yeah, okay. And like, here, here's something that, you, you know, that's sort of a little bit difficult is if we do try to engage in it, I can have the accusation of cultural appropriation being thrown right back in my face. So well, a lot of the time thing- we just sort of sit back and go, that's cool, do your thing. Yeah, totally. we just go, yeah, yeah, oh, all right, That's we don't mind. Do your thing, dude. Doesn't matter. Like, we're not going to stop you. We also don't care. Like, it's fine. One of the points that's brought up by someone here, and again, I'm diving into their point a little bit, and even though South Africa definitely has a long way to go with dealing with racism, hmm. they actually put here, apartheid was still a thing in the 90s. Well, duh, like... <laughs> If we're comparing ourselves to South Africa, all they can bring up is the food's pretty good because, you know, we put it together with biltong. Biltong is awesome, but seriously, come on. Approach to food, which frankly I find the same as barbecues and everything, it's all just cultural differences. We've got a meat pie. What's your problem? That's what we eat. fish and chips, the same as the UK. We culturally appropriated almost all of our food. Except we've got kangaroos. We eat our coat of arms. What's your problem? See, the thing is, I could take all of these points and apply them to every single place where these people are whinging from and put it into an Australian point of view. Yeah, totally. And this is one of the weird things about this article. I was like, why was this written? Our curriculum. Okay, it's a bit crap, but compared to what? I love one of the points here. We had only two choices of language, Japanese and German. Right? Okay. At your... You can go to another school if you'd like. It even ends this somewhere down the way of like, it's true that this school was, you know, exceptionally S-I-S-H-I-T. It's like, well, there you go. Yeah, Like, don't get me wrong, we should be changing the curriculum in Australian schools, but I don't think the choice between Japanese and German is top of mind. Well, here's something that you could do. Learn on your own. There's an amazing app out there called, I think it's Babbel or something like that. It could got the app name wrong, but it helps, helps you learn another language. And go I'm pretty sure it's for free. You can go straight into Audible and buy a very cheap book that will teach you how to learn any language you want within about a month, and it will make you relatively fluent. All right, moving on, because I'm about to blow my stack now. Hang on, yeah, this is the big... Okay, this is the one that I absolutely lost my... The, the next two I lost my absolute tosh on. Our cycling infrastructure. Yes, let's make it worse. I don't... Their point here, some Yahoo... From openly, his name is openly jaywalking, wrote. Basically, every country in Western Europe could teach Australia a thing or two about cycling infrastructure. I don't want to know. I don't care. I don't don't care about cycling. There's roads. You can cycle on a road. What's your problem? No, I don't. Roads are there for it. 
and don't bring me the uh, environmental argument because it's a stupid argument. If you want to do with the environmental argument, then uh, improve the public transport infrastructure. I don't care about what some somebody who you know wants to ride a bike because it makes them feel uh, good and virtuous and superior. Seriously, move to the country. No one cares that you ride a bicycle. Literally, no one's going to care. Oh, such a stupid. We will one day we'll go back to talk about cycling because cycling is still one of my massive bugbears. If you used to listen to us very many years ago and heard the two of us rant and rave about cycling, one day we will revisit that topic in full. How's this for a weird point? The way our houses are set up in Australia, <laughs> okay, is with so one person from Malaysia wrote one thing I noticed that the structure of the house is that the living room is at the back of the house. Hence, the street is dead eerie in the night. In Malaysia, the living room is at the front, so you can see the light coming from every house and maybe the faint noise of TVs make you feel a little bit at ease. What? what? <laughs> like, sorry, what? I just... Oh. Is that the weirdest thing you've ever you've ever read? It's like, oh yeah, houses are set up wrong because the living room's in the back and not the front. But that's, so when I'm walking down the street, I can't hear your television. But that's not remotely true at all because I, I see tons of houses because I'm constantly looking at uh, floor plans on uh, on real estate apps and I see a ton of lounge rooms at the front. Someone else agreed with him. Same with the streets. Uh, same with India. The streets are always well lit, and you have the hustle bustle until late into the night. Aussie suburbs are dead eerie, no doubt. I like that. Yeah, but that's it's called trying to sleep. Yeah. Like what the hell? I don't want Such hustle a... and bustle when I'm trying to go to bed. Like yeah, I'm I live dead set in the middle of the CBD of Sydney. Yeah, right. I'm surrounded by hustle bustle. But when I close, you know, my balcony door, I don't want to hear anything. I don't want hustle bustle. I want the opposite of hustle bustle. Yes. I want quiet night. That's why they installed, you know, double plane plate glass for your uh, balcony, you know, big window there. Because as soon as you shut that door, you don't hear anything. Eerie quiet, which is how it should be, you weird people. And the last point here is our meat pies are apparently crap compared to New Zealand's. No one's going to New Zealand to eat a meat pie. Yeah, but no. see, meat pies are such a, a quiet taste, and it's only an us thing. Like, it's only an Australian thing. I, I, I just don't think anyone else cares about a, uh, meat pies other than Australia, and to the point that I, I find it embarrassing when, you know, uh, American tourists come over and our TV shows try to make them eat meat pies, and they're just sitting there it's going, oh, yeah, this is, this is great. Yeah, it's like, but again, pies in America are so different because they have like apple pies and, you know, blueberry pies and all that stuff. Whereas ours are filled with like hot meat. Yeah, and like curried chicken. They're like, what the hell is this? Yeah, and like the most famous pie uh, that we've got, people dump peas on top of them. So, of course, yes. of course, everyone else is going to sit there and go, what the hell is this? Mushy peas, mashed potato, and gravy on top of a pie that's already filled with gravy and meat. <laughs> That really annoyed me. But like, okay, that whole list, I only wanted to go through it just to prove that every tourist here doesn't get Australia at all. No. And you know what? Uh, to all these users, you're racist. <laughs> Are we done? Yeah, we're done. <laughs> How dare they culturally appropriate our pies? 
Anyway, moving on. All right, so... Oh, God, this is going to annoy the living crap out of me, but I wanted to bring it up with you. Uh, I saw this article today, and it just made me blow my stack. Uh, So uh, it says, why Christian Porter should stand down today. So basically, a really, really quick backstory. Our Attorney General, Christian Porter, was initially accused of... um, forcing himself onto another lady. Subsequently, Mm. what's happened is that um, charges, uh, the the matter has not gone through and the woman making the complaint has decided not to go ahead with the investigation. That's a very short short summary of what's going on. Is is the woman uh, still of this world, if I can put it that way? Um. I think we'll get that into that into into this um, article. So basically, this writer says today across Australia, a litany of companies, charities, and workplaces will mark International Women's Day in various ways. Yeah, International Griff Day. Uh, there will be breakfast panels, office morning teas, rallying speeches served up over lunch. Yet all these celebrations could easily be eclipsed by none other than Christian Porter. Only because you brought him up. We're here to make the ultimate statement on this International Women's Day by announcing his decision to stand down. He won't, of course, but he should. At a time where the issue of sexual assault dominating the national agenda and the eyes of many Australian women are fixed firmly on our federal government, it would be a powerful statement from the Attorney General. Now, you may as well protest, as Porter has himself, that for him to, uh, to do so would set a dangerous legal precedent. Yes, it would. You yeah, may feel would. inclined to remind me that he is quite rightfully entitled to the presumption of innocence. Uh, yes. I am inclined to remind you of that, Miss Writer. Yes, and you're insane for thinking that he shouldn't have the presumption of innocence. You might also be fed up with what you consider to be trial by media. Uh, yes, which is what yeah. you're now going through, and you're trying to uh, move people to go on to that side of trial by media. But this is not a legal discussion. Yes, it is. It is a legal is- discussion. Is this article in the right segment? Should this article have been on This Week and cancelled? <laughs> the what Attorney is, General is, is not facing criminal charges and the media has no judicial powers, correct? Journalists cannot and do not try cases, correct? Determine convictions or hand down sentences. No, but you can influence as many people as you can to cancel somebody when they're not facing criminal charges. So my call for Porter to resign is not about legalities, I don't know if he's guilty of these accusations, and neither do you. Okay, well, that is correct. Nobody well, knows at this moment. Assumption of innocence. But he is proven, innocent. Until proven otherwise. Yes. yes. It's if about, proven otherwise. It's about symbolism. No, no. So what it is is that you have your feelings about how something should run, and what gets in the way of your feelings is the fact that we have a judicial system and a rule of law and due process and the presumption of innocence. Ouch. Miss Le Marquand. Who was that her name? That's a cool name, actually. Sarah with two R's, Le Marquand. Le Marquand. Uh, Even the past few weeks have uh, suddenly seen the Me Too movement gain traction in Australia. Uh, Almost half, uh, almost three and a half years after the relevant, who cares? Um, So basically, here's the thing. All right. I can hear you struggling through this because... I, I'm assuming what you're going to say, which I agree with in principle, is that if she's arguing for you should step down because of my feelings, not because of any kind of legal case or any 
you know, way that he should be tried for his sins or whatever. He should just step down because it will make me feel better on a day where I'm supposed to feel good because I don't have a penis. Basically is what she's going on about. Now, here's here's the other hypocrisy of the moment. Uh, Everyone keeps bringing up, uh, to me, this is a tribal thing as well. Everyone keeps bringing up this Christian Porter bloke, whereas uh, there's a certain leader of a certain political party here in Australia who's had similar accusations directed at him, yet we don't hear anything about it because this guy is part of the opposing political party. They are going gung-ho for him. There was certainly an ex-leader of an opposing political party in Australia. Oh, ex-leader, sorry. He had quite a few issues that uh, are mysteriously not brought up in the media very much at all. Or even though, I mean, if you want to take Miss, what was her name again? Uh, Le Marquard? Yes. Well, if you want to take Miss Le Marquard's word at face value, I mean, surely she should be asking for Joe Biden to step aside because he was accused of sexual assault, which was buried by the media. Yes. And that young lady was not allowed to speak. And everyone came out on Twitter, the normal cancer culture crowd came out and said, well, it's only an allegation. We don't know how these things have actually happened or they've come out in the wash. We need to give them the benefit of the doubt. And this is where this stuff becomes tribalist. Now, my, my opinion on this is always the same. If something has happened to you, go to the cops immediately. I know it's scary. I know it's tough. Go to the cops. Let them prove the case for you. Let them send, if this person did something vile to you, then they are terrible people and they should be held for account for it. They really should. They should be held to account. But you should take it to the cops and not the media and definitely not social media. That is not the way to air your grievance. That is not how society works. I know it's how you want society to work. You want to bring back the Salem witch trials so you can just scream at someone, she's a witch, so let's tie a stone to her. And if we throw her on a pond and she drowns, well, she was innocent. But if she flies away, she was a witch. I know that's exactly what you want to do with people that are accused of rape. But guess what? You can't tie a huge rock to someone's penis and throw them in a lake and hope that they can swim away from it. It's stupid. Go to the police. Let it go to trial. If these people are guilty, let them go to jail and suffer the consequences of their appalling actions. If you don't want to do that, I'm really sorry if you feel you can't. Like, that's awful for you. But that's your call. That's your call at the end of the day. I would really like it if you did, if I'm being brutally honest, because I don't want to see terrible people on the streets. But it's up to you to do that. What I would love to ask Miss Lemarquand here is, uh, do you have a father or a brother or an uncle or maybe eventually should you have a son? What if it was them? What if it was them that were accused of something? And they vehemently maintain their innocence to you and to everyone else that they have been done wrong and that they are, of course, 100% innocent. Would you still ask them to stand down and to let the media do their job in having a trial by media over their presumed innocence or guilt? 
but you have to remember that this person has the privilege of being in media. So she could just write an article saying that they're innocent and I'm sure it'd go away. I, I, I just cannot stand this defense of we should do away with due process. No, that, 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 that is insanity. That is literally the breakdown of Western culture and civilization as it stands. Because these, yeah, this Le Marquand woman just doesn't understand when it comes personally on their doorstep. Well, you just no, don't know you know when it's going to happen. This is the inverse of like the horror of like parts of Islamic society. I'm not saying all Islamic society, but certainly there are parts of the Islamic world where if, you know, a husband accuses a woman, only has to accuse them of adultery, that woman can be stoned to death on that accusal. This is the online equivalency of stoning someone's career until it dies on the vine. Like, it's just the death of due process is a terrible thing. And I'm sure Miss Lamarquard would agree that the stoning of a woman in a culture where a husband just says, well, she's guilty of adultery and get stoned to death for it would be a terrible thing. Could you not take yourself and put yourself in a just slightly different position with the exact same outcome, albeit not quite as severe, but the exact same example and think, hmm, maybe I'm on the wrong side of history here. And let's just take this article for what it actually is. I've been joking since the start of the podcast that today's International Griff Day, and that's exactly what this this article is. It's purely for the clicks, and they got my click uh, in going through and reading this, and then making a segment out of it and making a thing. I just I do not believe that this uh, uh, ed- uh, writer honestly believes that we should do away with due process. No, I believe that. I, I think she. Could I do think that no. Too. I think it's a grift. I think she just wanted it for the clicks. Again, I just need to ask her that if, if if this happened to her father, would she be doing exactly the same thing? I bet you her answer would be no. I bet you she wouldn't sit there and stand and let the, uh, let people ruin her father's life uh, because um, somebody thinks it's the right thing to do that he should um, not get due process, and it should you know it, it for for their feelings about how something should play out. Look, I can't disagree with you on that. And before you uh, blow a gasket, are we done? We're done. All right, all right, all right. Look, uh, we are almost done. I just, you know, I wanted to lighten up um, the podcast for one last thing. And this is... We needed to after that segment. Yeah, indeed. And this one's, uh, I I picked out just for you, my dude. Oh. Sydney's Fortune of War on Pub to offer free beer on National Local Day. My God, that's me. I'm a local there. That's me. <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe how local that you might be because this pub is actually in the rocks. Yeah, I know. It's just I know this pub very well. It's just up the road. I, I've been <laughs> to this pub many times. It's one um, of my favourites. Fortune of War, Steve Speed is among the publicans to participate in the inaugural National Local Day. So mark this in your calendar, my oh. dude. March 23rd with punters offered a $15 credit for freebie or food or beverage items on the anniversary of the nationwide lockdown. Oh, that's fantastic. I'll tell you what, though. This is a national grift, if ever I've seen one. But, but I I'm like this one. Grift. This grift yeah, this is, is good. Great grift. This, this grift, is the grift I want. <laughs> this grift helps people. It brings people together. It, oh. it helps local businesses. It helps employment. It helps the economy. Social interactions. I love this one. 
I don't want to go full Dark Knight here, but this is not the grift we want, but it's the grift we need right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude. Very good. That's brilliant. Oh, I want that. So, okay, so that's down the road. Are you going to come in and we'll go and have a beer? March 23rd. Let's. uh... You know what? Anyone who wants to come down and have a beer with us, because I'll have a $15 voucher, so I'll be out to pay for about one round for me but yes. you can come down and have a beer with us on march 23rd because i'll be going down there and having my free two pints at the fortune of the, war in uh, the rocks sydney i am not being you know sponsored by these guys although i'd love to be please get in contact with me it's a fantastic old school very australian pub actually very good food upstairs downstairs has a very small kind of old school american bar set up it's a really cool place highly recommend that's a great story. That's put me in a great mood, Maddock, and that is awesome. All right. Yeah, I wanted to win on a uh, on a high. So, yeah, that one. So March 23rd, Fortune of War, we'll be there. I don't know where we get these $15 credits from, but I'm going to find out where we can get them, and then that way we are there. God bless you, Fortune of War. All right, God are we done for this one? Yep, I may. I love it. All right, that is the podcast in the bag, podcast number eight. Of pure oh, media. That's left me on such a happy note. That's that's what I was after, my dude. That's that's exactly oh. what I was after. Uh, just before we go, what I would love for you guys to do, uh, if you enjoyed that podcast, if you're listening, uh, jump across to the YouTube channel and give us a subscribe or maybe just drop a like or even a comment in one of the videos if you're watching this uh, on YouTube and you're already subscribed. Uh, look, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I can't watch all the time. I'd prefer to listen. Well, we do have uh, listening platforms on Spotify and Apple as well. So you can just listen to the podcast. And a whole bunch of other ones if you've got that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, share it with friends if you think they'll enjoy it. Or, you know, even if it's just one topic that stood out to you and you're like, I've got a friend that might enjoy hearing a couple of lunatics talk about this and have a go at them online, feel free, share it with them. Even if you think they'll hate it and they'll have a go at us online, I'm more than okay with that because, frankly, I love the interaction of hate. It's quite a lot of fun. Definitely. Uh, just before we go, a Buer boost. This is where we uh, basically give somebody a boost. They don't particularly need it. Uh, we... Just doing it for a bit of karma, basically, so that hopefully one day uh, it comes back around. And, you know, that might take a year. It might take two years. But eventually, you never know. It might come around. Um, you wanted to now, boost Matt, this guy. Now, I love this guy. Yeah, I love That's his YouTube page. And if I'm not mistaken, he's from Brooklyn. And what his channel is is kind of he just pokes fun at pop culture and weird things like Twitch or stories and just makes fun of them in that very kind of Brooklyn American way. You know what he reminds me of, Madigan? Mm-hmm. When we went to New York and we jumped to see an ice hockey game. Yeah. And afterwards we went to this pub and we ran out to all these people from Brooklyn who were awesome. But P.S., New Yorkers are my favorite people in America. I know that they get a hard rap for whatever reason. I found them exceptionally friendly and just so much fun. These three guys from New York, and one of them was absolutely plastered off his nut. It was hilarious. And he was, they were all smoking cigars, and his friend was a cop. And the first guy who was just so drunk was like, hey, hey, man, like, um, give me your cop pass so I can go home, so I can drink drive. Yeah, that blew my mind. And the friend mind. just turned to him and went, remember that? How weird was that? Yeah, it's like, don't, don't. He's like, don't get caught, but, you know, here it is just in case. But it was like, 
Like, it was literally, he wrote a pass to be like, if you get pulled over, you're on police business. When he clearly wasn't, he was just <laughs> drunk off of his face. And we were like, wait, you could do that here? And the guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. It was like, what? This New York's amazing, guys. Like, it's so good. Anyway, this guy embodies that kind of soul to me, where he's just this guy that doesn't care he's funny he's outlandish he does a lot of pop culture stuff so if you're into that kind of stuff give him a listen give him a like give him a subscribe he's good value well there we go we are now subscribed to it's a gundam is that right huzzah huzzah all right are we done yeah we're done